and welcome to episode two of the new series of Canny Conversations, powered by the Pathway Group. My name's Mark Wakeley, one of the team who bring you these podcasts that we hope inform and inspire you, giving you an insight into the world of the Pathway Group. If you're new to the podcast, let me tell you, there are already 40 episodes out there and you can listen to all the past episodes by searching for Canny Conversations on your preferred podcast platform or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. The person behind all this is Safraz Ali. Saf set himself up as a social entrepreneur over 22 years ago. Being raised in Birmingham's Alum Rock, his early life and experience gave him an insight into the life and needs of an inner city community, which is at the core of his passion for improving the lives of people through education, training and apprenticeships. Much of what Saf does through the Pathway Group is about connecting people, helping them along their own pathway to success. And this is true of his life outside the Pathway Group, where he has also created several business networking groups aimed at underrepresented members of the community to address isolation and encourage connection in a safe and informal environment. This week, Saf talks about what the Pathway Group deliver and how the group's sustainable growth and success in delivery across the UK is underpinned by strong culture, common aims and language, and well-defined, well-managed systems and processes. Hello and welcome back. Every organization, every industry has a certain language that they speak in that industry or in that organization. And some people call this jargon, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about our jargon, some of our words that we use in our managers' meetings, in our words that we we use throughout the organization, as well as some industry-specific sort of language as well. So we have managers' meetings, we call them huddles. We have six points that we tend to talk about. We have something called 515. We also have the 1515. We have e-learning lists. We talk about performance reviews, we talk about performance management frameworks. You know, that's just in terms of actually the operations of the organization. Uh, From a perspective of culture, there's a a key cultural document that we tend to refer to, and that's often referred to as being above or below the line. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that particular document, um, that particular sort of cultural uh, language that we have, and then I'll touch on a few others. So, you know, when we talk about above and below the line and we ask the question, are you above or below the line? What we're talking about is, and what we're referring to is that we can all make excuses and we can all have reasons of why not, you know, why why we're not doing it. And it's easy to do that. And, you know, when we're talking in terms of being above the line or above the line thinking, you know, we're we're talking about uh, ownership, accountability, we're talking about being responsible. Yeah, ownership, accountability, responsibility. Below the line and below the line thinking is about blaming others, blaming government, blaming uh, uh, policy makers, blaming the funding bodies, blaming employers, colleagues, blaming everybody, and every man and his dog. Blame. Yeah, we're talking about having excuses, um, you know, for things that, things that uh, you know you haven't done or excuses for uh, the results that have happened and also to a certain level uh, partly being in denial um, you know having blind spots not understanding 
the reasons for uh, the, the issue, the reasons for the situation. So we call this being above the line or below the line. So you want to be in a position where uh, very simply you're, you have above the line thinking, ownership, accountability and responsibility and you start with that in mind in terms of your language it's a language of ownership language of accountability and responsibility and when somebody's talking to you you can easily see is that language above or below the line so you know again with very much with regard to peer support you know we encourage each other to uh, to challenge each other uh, in the right way challenge each other's language again in the right way and also be in a position where you know you can be uh, a role model for others. It's not about all of us being, uh, you know, having titles of manager or leader, but it's about all of us having leadership, uh, which isn't about a title. It's about a leadership mindset. It's about, again, being, uh, you know, being in a position where you take responsibility, you take ownership, uh, and you hold yourself accountable, and you have, and you hold others accountable as well. So that's above and below the line. We also have Another key document, which refers to uh, the three pillars. So this is the pathway group's three pillars of sustainable growth. Growth of any kind is fantastic, but it's sustainable growth that you want. And how do you achieve growth that's sustainable? How do you maintain growth that's sustainable? There's no point being a one-hit wonder. There's no point really uh, growing and then being in a position where you're back as well. It's like one step ahead and then two steps back or one step ahead and one step back. You know, you want to be in a position where you're continuously moving ahead, moving forward in a sustainable way, in a way which is protective, in a way that is actually safe for the organization. And what are the three pillars of sustainable growth? Well, firstly, it's about numbers. Uh, it's being in a position where you understand your numbers, you understand your data, uh, you're very much data-driven. If you're measuring something, you can improve something. If you're aware of, it, of something, then you're more likely to be uh, conscious of a result that you're measuring that. So that's numbers, your data. Your systems are process-driven. So, you know, we want to be in a position where we have reliable systems, we have reliable processes, and we have a system and a process for very much everything that we do in this organization. And that's the aspiration. So, you know, you're not dependent on people or in a individual which is a high performer. We're, we're dependent on our systems and the systems and the processes do the bulk of the work. And that's what we sort of trust our success in, our systems and process. And the third one, the third pillar is a winning mindset. And this is really across the organization. And this is, we continuously talk about our culture. We're going to continuously talk about what that winning mindset is. And part of that winning mindset is really going back to, you know, the above and below the line thinking. And if you get the above and below the line thinking right, you know, then you, you're home dry really with a winning mindset. The next key sort of cultural document for us is a phrase that we, we use uh, quite often, which is PARI. P-A-R-R-Y, PARI. So this is about uh, prioritizing according to risk, return and yield. But it's about leaving nothing to chance. It's about getting to know the detail. And we very much talk about being in a position where you understand the, you know, you have a telescope perspective, you know, so you can see the bigger picture, you've got the macro picture, you understand the bigger aspect of it, but also at the, at the same time, the detail. And I think it's the managers, it's the individuals, where they lack the detail, then find the fact that there's they struggle and they're dependent on other people. If you know the detail yourself, 
you've got a fighting chance of actually success. You've got a fighting chance of actually uh, making that difference that we're all trying to make. And at the same time, the helicopter perspective of you know, the telescope, which is absolutely, absolutely vital as well. So this is Parry. P-A-R-R-Y. And, and from my perspective, this is, you know, if you're looking at prioritizing according to risk, then return and then yield, automatically you focus on risk. You, your mindset moves into a position where you're not complacent. Your mindset is, is one which is dealing with issues first, compliance first, quality first. Uh, you get that right, you're, you're setting the bedrock for uh, sustainable growth. Then you move on to you know the return and the yield. And if you get this right, this is your sort of priority matrix, you know, your way of doing things. And in a, in a nutshell, it's about doing things for the right reasons, the right time, and in the right way. So right reasons, the right time, and the right way. So often, what that means is really preserving what we've got first and then achieving next. Uh, preserving what we've got, you know, maintaining what we have. So the contracts that we have, the uh, the the targets that we've got, our uh, understanding the the contracts that we've signed up to, uh, what our profile is looking like, ensuring the fact that we're delivering on the outcomes that we've said, the outcomes that we've promised, and the outcomes that we've signed up to. Absolutely vital as an organization. That could be service level agreements within the organization. That could be our contractual obligations with our funding that we have. The funding for the services that the Pathway Group provide come from several sources and is dependent on the end beneficiary, their requirements and where they are on their pathway to qualifications and employment. The primary source of funding is often from local or regional government and educational institutions with delivery often taking place in larger urban areas, such as London, Manchester, West Yorkshire and the West Midlands. You know, we've got a number of sort of funding streams, we've got a number of uh, funding bodies that we're working with, and each of them has got different uh, obligations that we have to commit to. Some of those obligations, a lot of them actually isn't just, uh, it's, it's not just about money, it's about the level of detail that goes into, into these contracts. It's about servicing specific needs of clients and recruiting specific learners, learner numbers. It may be a split between male and female, it may be a split within regional areas, postcode areas. It could be targeting uh, certain age groups maybe young people, possibly over 50s, individuals that may have never quali- had qualifications as well. And it's like, it's that detail. And all of these contracts have got different layers of detail, different layers of obligations that we need to uh, fulfill and, and meet and ensure the fact that we're hitting on our outcomes. So we're in a position where we can maintain, preserve the contracts that we have and hopefully grow the contracts that we have. And by that, by doing that, you know, we protect our reputation. So in terms of the contracts that we hold, we've got a variety of, of, of contracts presently. Um, uh, one of our biggest areas is contracts in London. So we're currently supporting London's recovery and growth. We're doing that with the adult education budget. We do that with the Good Work for All contract. And we deliver on the Greater London Authority uh, adult education budget. You know, we've got branches uh, of delivery centres, uh, our Beacon Centre is the Pathway Skills Zone uh, Centre in uh, in Lambeth. We call it Greenman. So this is a, a, a Greenman Centre. Used to be a, a pub back in the day, and got converted to an education centre 
um, and it was uh, under uh, the Lambeth Council for for a number of years. And you know, we we took we took over a few years back, and we're very pleased the fact that it's our beacon centre in Lambeth, and it's something that you know we want to nurture and cherish and make sure the fact that it's effectively used. But we deliver across the GLA area. Uh, not just in Lambeth, we're delivering across across the region, and we have a number of other centres that we use. Some of them are on shorter term uh, licences, some of them are on, on shorter term leases, and a variety of uh, activity that we do. Sometimes we're delivering to the employers' premises. Our predominantly our contract is an employed contract, so we're delivering to learners that are employed. Either we're working directly with the employer with those individuals themselves who are employed as well uh, and that's our focus we're not delivering in GLA to the unemployed we're delivering to employed either directly to the employed person who's coming to us uh, as a learner or through the employer and that's our, that's a contract we're very proud of and, and uh, uh, very happy to deliver and hopefully we can deliver that uh, going forward as well in terms of the, the the future we also have a contract in the West Yorkshire region we're very pleased the fact that we're supporting West Yorkshire employers and residents and we've we secured a West Yorkshire combined adult education budget contract and you know currently delivering a fair amount of volume in the Bradford Leeds area but also in other towns in the in the West Yorkshire region as well we've got centers in, in Bradford we've got centers in Leeds we've acquired uh, uh, premises in the Bradford uh, town center area and again, you know, looking forward to actually delivering more and more with the West Yorkshire Combined Region, West Yorkshire Combined Authority. For a number of, year, a number of years now, we've been delivering uh, to Greater Manchester Combined Authority, GMCA. We have a, a, another uh, centre there in Ashton under Lyme. And again, we're calling it uh, Pathway Skill Zone. So a lot of our delivery centres, beacon centres, particularly beacon centres, we brand as Pathway Skill Zone. And that gives us a permanent home, permanent base in those areas, alongside, as I said, the the shorter term leases or licenses that we have as well. So that's our combination of delivery alongside working with employers. So Pathway Skills Zone um, in Ashton under Lyme in Clarence Arcade is another centre that we have. Again, proud of of uh, the actual activity there, uh, and proud of you know what we delivered for the GMCA. We're also on a national basis delivering adults to train and improve, particularly at level three. So this level three is is something that you know we're quite known for, and we've built our reputation in terms of level three funding, and we deliver that in the Westminster Combined Combined Authority area (WMCA). Uh, we also deliver that in the GMCA area, and we want to deliver that across wherever we can as well. In terms of our other uh, centres, particularly beacon centres. We're very proud of our delivery in the Staffordshire region, uh, particularly in Stoke-on-Trent. We've been in Staffordshire, Stoke-on-Trent now since uh, 2011, uh, decade plus, uh, 12, 13 years, delivering a number of a number of contracts and 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 presently working with Skills Training UK, but also working on SLC funding, looking at traineeships looking at apprenticeships as well. So really proud in terms of our association with Staffordshire delivering on, in Stoke-on-Trent and very proud in terms of our Burslem Centre, which uh, we've, we acquired three, four years ago now as well. So in terms of other areas that we deliver, because of the restart scheme procurement that we were able to uh, successfully get through Circo, 
uh, in partnership with Circo, we started delivering more activity in Birmingham. So in terms of uh, Birmingham activity, uh, we are in Scala House, in the city centre of, of Birmingham, but also in Dudley, in addition to Walsall as well. So Walsall is another area where we've been more than a decade, you know, 12, 12 years plus in, in the Walsall area. We started delivering welfare to work, uh, the work program at the time, and then delivered on a number of number of contracts, troubled families contract, and, and various other contracts throughout. Currently delivering learn and loans funding, but also delivering restart as well. So our focus has been uh, predominantly supporting long-term unemployed, getting them into work. Uh, really pr- proud of our work there. Delivering also traineeships. Proud of our activity there, opening doors to uh, young people in terms of their careers and getting young people transitioning from a traineeship onto an apprenticeship program. Uh, Dudley is another area that we've moved to and we also deliver in the Black Country region as well. So again, helping people to gain uh, gainful employment, long-term sustainable employment, upskilling and reskilling. So moving a little bit on in terms of our other funding streams, we're working with Nottingham College uh, and we're delivering in the what we call the D2 and 2 region. So this is Derby, Derbyshire, Nottingham, Nottingham, Nottinghamshire. So D2 and 2, Derby, Derbyshire, Nottingham, uh, Nottinghamshire. So we work on behalf of uh, Nottingham College, delivering adult education budget in that particular region, again, focusing on employed activity, um, focusing on working with employers and individuals that are working but want to access uh, funding to upskill themselves or in some cases reskill, uh, reskill themselves. In addition to that, you know, we've uh, had a long association with the Department for Work and Pensions, uh, D, uh, DWP, working on DPS uh, sort of procurement and we continuously look for funding streams directly from the Department for Work and Pensions. And, uh, you know, we are currently approved on the DPS2 uh, framework. And whenever the opportunity arises, we try and secure funding to deliver to people working with the local job centres to get them into gainful, sustainable employment. Due to the diversity of the portfolio and the fact that no two contracts are the same, Staff, management and facilities need constant revision and rejuvenation. This also helps to ensure good performance is maintained and risk minimalised. The two ensuring a strong foundation for sustainable growth for the pathway group and the users of their services. The focus on disciplined and well-managed delivery aligned with following up on programmes to understand impact is an important part of the monitoring service they provide. Knowing the success rates and setting targets is a good way of measuring the effectiveness of what they do and how they can improve their offer. For the last few years, a year and a half, we've been um, we've rejuvenated uh, our centres. We've actually uh, spent uh, time and effort in terms of making sure our centres are fit for purpose. Uh, we've also spent uh, a fair amount of uh, time and activity ensuring the fact that our management team, our leadership team, and uh, uh, some of the core people in terms of our trainers, uh, particularly our, what we call our frontline leaders, these are business development people, these are individuals that are have got contact with the outside world, whether that's learners, whether that's employers, you know, front, our frontline leaders are the best that we can. 
you know, so we're continuously looking for stuff that can actually inspire individuals, that can make a difference, and make a meaningful difference, and uh, and that's been our focus as well. So just not just in terms of the physical facilities, but also ensuring the fact that we've got the right people uh, in the organisation as well. So if I give you some sort of idea of uh, the level of activity that we've delivered, so the last full complete academic year, and I'm talking about the year fin- uh, completing in 2021, we delivered to just over uh, or just near 2,700 uh, learners. But in terms of aims, that's nearly 6,500 aims. You know, we delivered a number of qualifications. Uh, some of our qualifications are funded by advanced learner loans, uh, some of them are AEB. So AEB is probably the majority of what we deliver, nearly uh, 1,800 sort of qualifications on AEB funding, 400 plus qualifications on advanced learner loans funding. We also have the skills support for the workforce funding, nearly 300 qualifications that we've delivered there, 130 plus for traineeships, in, in addition to the apprenticeship programs that we delivered as well. So apprenticeships currently is probably a smaller uh, smaller activity or it's a, a small part of what we deliver. As an organisation, we took the decision to slow down our apprenticeship delivery for a number of reasons. Partly uh, it's about getting the right people in the organisation, staffing, partly also from a risk management perspective as well, ensuring the fact that we've got the right mechanisms in place. So we slowed down deliberately our activity on, on, on apprenticeships. We were delivering at one time 1,200, 1,300 learners, or we had on our books 1,300 uh, apprentices, uh, and we've considerably reduced that. Uh, last year, we delivered 22, but we have aspiration now because we believe we've got the right people in place, the right foundations to actually make that to be a big part of what we deliver, or a bigger part of what we are delivering. Uh, something that we measured again, you know, talked about being numbers driven and you know understanding your data. We continuously talk about positive destinations, positive outcomes, and what's happening with the learners that are coming onto our programs. You know, where do they go next, and what's their destination? What impact are we having? And we continuously look at our outcomes, our destinations, not just the success rates, but really in terms of outcomes as well. So you know, we're proud of the fact that. Uh, 75% of the individuals that come onto our programs, actually we can classify as having a successful outcome. These are the individuals that we can track. There may be some people that you know, we may not be able to. We're pleased with that. Obviously, we want to have aspirations to continuously grow that. But again, it's, it's being in a position where we understand, understand our starting point, we understand where we are, and we then have aspirations which are growth aspirations uh, we, we are challenging aspirations to actually grow those numbers. In terms of success rates, these are individuals that come onto our programs uh, that end up completing the programs. You know, we're very pleased in terms of some of our success rates, particularly with regard to our education budget, where uh, 96% of our learners uh, complete or have completed programs, say in the the London area. Uh, in terms of our, what was our non-devolved contract, uh, we had 90% of our learners that completed there. Again, we're 90% above for the GMCA uh, uh, learners as well. That's predominantly uh, something that really pleases us. You know, we're you know 90% plus on our uh, AEB activity. Uh, we are 
near 80%, uh, I believe it's 78% on our advanced on our loans, uh, we're 90% again on, on, on our circle activity, we're more than 90% on our skills support for uh, workforce. That seems to be the benchmark that we're going for. In some cases, it's 95%, 92% on different contracts, but always aspirationally at that sort of figure in, t- in terms of ensuring the fact that you know we, we maintain a high success rate, particularly on our AEB activity. These are the contracts that we deliver, STUK, uh, various others that have different sort of success rates. One of the areas, uh, uh, you know, I think it's important for us as an organization is really understanding our traineeship numbers. Uh, we, because we have smaller numbers now, sometimes when a learner leaves, it has a higher impact, it has a bigger impact as well. So our success rates for our apprenticeships is 64.8%. Our success rate for our traineeships, this is last year's figures, is above 85%, 86%. And generally, it's something that we continuously measure, we continuously monitor ourselves, we also have continuous targets in terms of what does our picture look like and where are we going to be at the end of the academic year and potentially how do we improve our success rates and and look at those sort of trends, not just look at what's happened in the past, in terms of the lag data, but also the lead data as well, in terms of projecting future activity as well. Uh, very pleased the fact that across the organization, more than half of our learners are uh, from a BAME background. So these are learners uh, that are either black, Asian, minority, ethnic. It's an acronym that the government is using less and less, but we're still using that as uh, for now until the government sort of gives us a better word for us to use but main background so these are individuals from a multi-ethnic uh, multicultural background and uh, as i said more than 50 percent 53 percent of our learners are from a main background so really pleased uh, with that uh, we are an organization that uh, aspires to change lives through skills and work now, we are an organization that looks to make a meaningful impact in, impact in terms of all that we deliver, make a difference to our customers, to our learners, to our employers, to our stakeholders. And we're doing this continuously, ensuring the fact that we become an indispensable partner of choice to our funding bodies, partner of choice to our employers. Thank you for allowing me to share some of our data, some of our stats with you. And thank you for listening and, and appreciate again your time. Thank you. So delivering the programs to the right people for the right reasons at the right time and in the right way is at the core of what the Pathway Group do. Making sure the language and the culture, together with minimalisation of risk and supporting the staff, stakeholders, customers, learners and managers, help to achieve sustainable growth for all concerned. If you'd like to know more about SAF's success, the lessons he's learned and how they might help you, then take a listen to the previous podcast episodes. From these, you'll hear how he set up various business network groups for underrepresented business communities or his involvement in community projects or his instigation and involvement in a plethora of awards. Just search for Canny Conversations on your podcast app or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen and click on the Canny Conversations picture. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please review, subscribe or follow and please tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you'd like to know more, then go to cannyconversationspodcast.co.uk or go to SAF's website, safras.co.uk. 
Safraz has also written a series of easy to follow business books, Canny Bites. These are available from cannybites.co.uk forward slash buy the book. We will be back next week with another Canny Conversations podcast. Until then, have a good week. This is a 1386 audio production.